left, right. Yo, welcome to this episode of Sip Talk. I think you're going to like this one. We had fun. We shared some tweets, some worst first dates. We also answered some of your questions on Quora. I'm new to the Quora community, but uh, I'm getting a lot of questions. Thought I'd share some of them on air. And uh, we do we do delve into uh, the furnace saga I had last weekend. A little long-winded, but uh, you skip by that if you're not interested in home repairs. Otherwise, thank you for joining. I'll see you on the other end. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. Cheers. 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 That's the long board. That means we're live. James, you just ducked that and got back in the nick of time. Welcome, everyone. This is episode 148 of Sip Talk. James, I hear your squeaky chair. Yeah. The Bosnator Boswell out of Charleston, South Carolina. James, a philosopher, not a philanthropist, bartender, (laughs) accountant. His accounting shows he's not a philanthropist and a professional referee. Uh, my name is Justin DeGiulio out of my basement in New Jersey, and this is Sip Talk. What's going on with that squeaky chair? Uh, I don't know. I've had it for like three weeks, so naturally it needs to start squeaking. <laughs> it certainly, yeah. It's, I was like, is that, is that coming from you or is that coming from in here? So, well, you got a bu- uh, glass of wine there? Um, no, I'm going to be having an Edmunds Oast Sour Apple. Oh, Sour Apple. Well, it's it's apple season. It's the end of apple season, but uh, I guess the apples now are probably pretty sour, right? Um, I guess I don't know. Edmonds Oast is a local brewery in Charleston, and they do a really good job with various sour beers. So I decided to treat myself and buy a four pack of them. Nice, good, good for you. You're gonna finish all four on the air? Oh, no, no, oh, that's too bad. That would that could that could get fun. All right, I can go and pour like four shots of something if that's what you're looking for. <laughs> uh, we gotta save the beer. All right, so we're live across all platforms today. We uh we got some funny first date stories. We've got a couple of dating questions and some other general philosophy questions we're going to throw at you. If you guys are watching us live and you want to join, ask your questions, you can check out my Instagram profile. And the link to Instagram is in the profile. So uh, I'm sorry, the link to join us and ask questions is in the profile. It looks like we're having some minor connecting issues like we did last time. That's no good. I got a, uh, a cat to... Zinfandel, uh, just laying around. So I figured I'd open it up and uh, I've never seen you as much of a wine drinker. That's yeah, because I, you drink a, a a can of beer, I drink a bottle of wine at about the same rate. So <laughs> uh, I'm no connoisseur of wine. This is this is actually a, a chilled Zinfandel. I found it in the refrigerator on the way down to the the podcast desk. So well, multiple studies have confirmed that. The vast majority of people can't really tell the difference between expensive wine and cheap wine. And so, like, if you drink something and it tastes good, then that's fine. Like, but there's not much of a correlation between price and quality once you get above, like, the lowest tier. Once you get Whoa. above industrial byproducts of wine, you're dealing with, like, whatever you happen to enjoy. Well, my yeah, I, in my experience, the difference between a a fourteen bottle to a a, a fifty dollar bottle, not much difference. But for the most part, if you can buy it in a grocery store, I mean, some grocery stores actually nowadays have pretty impressive wine aisles. But if you can buy it in the grocery store, generally speaking, and there's no extensive wine aisle, it's not. It's probably not very good wine. Uh, Raj, you want to let me know how our live stream is on Instagram? I'm having some connection issues on my end, but let's let's get into it. Actually, before before we get into this dating stuff, I want to want to share with you. So you you bought this house in Charleston, and uh, it was pretty much move in ready, correct? Yeah, it didn't require too much work. Maybe two thousand, two to three thousand dollars worth of repairs. Some of which I would say were necessary. Some of which I just wanted to do. But I'd say that. 
considering the purchase price two or three thousand dollars to have the house where I wanted it to be isn't that much. And it was mostly cosmetic. Like you didn't have any foundational issues or leaky roofs, right? No, the um, only structural things that, and if you can call this structural, is like I had to do a little bit of work on the roof. Um, like there's a cap on like where like the the roof meets. There's a cap that protects that seam. And yeah. so that cap didn't extend all the way. So like if he, if this is the roof and it goes like a certain distance, then like if if it went all the way to here, like the cap stopped at yeah, some I, point. So I paid yeah. somebody to extend it. Um, and then the garage door is not automatic. So it's just one of those spring loaded things. And the old mechanism was totally worn out. And it got to the point where like I opened it up and like it all jammed up so I couldn't even close it. So I spent some money to replace that. And then the rest, I guess if you count like putting in a proper hood vent, that that's kind of structural because like yeah, we had to yeah. cut a hole in, in the wall so that we could send the air out. Yeah. Other than that, everything else was like some small electrical stuff, like fix some, fixing some switches and like but nothing, adding but nothing, a new cabinet. Yeah, nothing crazy major. So No, not even close. So I, I, I'll be a little quicker than your explanation, but. But uh, I did. I actually last week I I installed a garage door opener, so that was that was big, um, and it's Wi-Fi enabled, so I can make sure the garage door is closed from anywhere. That's that's relieving. And but, and so can an endeavoring hacker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I'll know I'll know it's open. <laughs> there's a not necessarily. Well, there's a camera in the garage, so they they gotta have both both systems. But look, so the heat in the basement doesn't doesn't work, and I've checked all the pipes. I've checked all the. Um, any of the valves to, to cut the, the water flowing from the, the steam heat can't figure it out. So I'm going to update the heating and I had to remove a radiator. So, uh, I looked, you know, I, I went to the boiler room. I followed my way out. I couldn't, I couldn't find any, sh I shut the water off, shut the water pump off, turned the boiler off. Um, all I closed all the valves in the boiler room. And, uh, I started to remove this heater. I drained all the water from any of the, the nearby, faucets but uh <laughs> there's a lot of water that goes into these heat registers it's supposed to be hot water this one was cold as a rock and it's getting cold here so it's real cold so i started to remove this thing started to cut a line you get the little spinner pipe pipe cutter it's just a little round blade that kind of goes around the pipe slowly cuts into the pipe you tighten it so you wrap it around slowly cuts in a little more all of a sudden water just started squirting out which i expected I waited a little while, figured, you know, this water is going to come out. The, uh, the stream just got stronger and stronger and stronger, squirting across the room. This went on for almost two hours. And uh, in the meantime, what I did was, because the wall was really old and there was some water damage to it, because obviously there must have been some leak at some point in the past. Uh, so I'm like, all right, well, you know, I'm going to figure out there must be a, a shutoff somewhere in the wall. So I, I open up the ceiling where I know there's some pipes, no shutoffs for this. I turn everything left, right, no shutoffs. Uh, so then I put the hammer through the wall next to the radiator and I get the pipe and I shine the flashlight up inside the wall. And then there's another beam. So the pipe goes past the beam. So now I put my hammer in the wall above the beam I look in there, search around, no shutoff. <laughs> Dude, I ripped the entire wall <laughs> out of the basement, uh, and uh, there was no shut off at all. So it, it was there was a couple inches of water in the basement, and it just it was nonstop. So my quick fix in uh, removing this radiator and, and capping it ended up just being like an all day event with just water spewing all over the place. I posted a picture online; some people saw it the other day, but it was uh, it was way more extensive. And what what, I, what was my, the fix? What the fix was. Uh, after about two hours, the water slowed down enough. I had cut a couple of pipes. There was an in inlet pipe and an outlet pipe. And even though I took about 20 feet of, uh, pipe out of the wall, I just connected the inlet and the, and the outlet in like six inches of pipe. Just got a little shark bite valve and, uh, and put it in there. So, so the, the pipes no longer extend the 20 feet throughout the wall. And then in there, the radiators, either way. I know it's a little boring, but point is, point is when you, you start something and you think it's going to be a half hour's worth of work and you get into it, it ends up taking you an entire day or sometimes an entire weekend. That's how my luck has been lately. So uh, It happens was, more frequently when you don't really know what you're doing. 
Yes, I would totally agree. Because <laughs> <So. laughs> it's this is something that like probably could have been avoided if you did a little bit more investigation first. Well, we got a uh, in-law plumber in the family, and he uh, he stopped by, and his take on it was about the same as mine. There was it, it was what it was. There were no shutoffs. It was really really old piping. And, so where uh, was the water coming from? Was this like an active? It must from have like been. It main? must have been in in some other radiator systems that also aren't working that I'm just not aware of in the house. Maybe they've been patched over or something. But so you were I, basically flushing the entire house's radiator system? Not the entire house because I have working radiators, but none of these pipes were warm, and all the other radi- the heat was on all day, so all the other radiators had hot hot air in them. I wouldn't cut a I wouldn't cut a, a water line going into a hot radiator because it would be spewing out pressurized hot water and steam well right yeah i would assume that you'd be able to feel the temperature before you start cutting but but it it appears that there's a second heating system that's been cut off from the main heating system and it's the remnants of it are still left in the house but it's still full of water so you don't have like central air there's central ac We'll get into this off the air. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm sure people are just loving this content. <laughs> it's scintillaire, but there's there's steam heat. All right, so look, I'm going to I'm gonna share some of these first date horror stories. This is inspired by a, a Jimmy Fallon uh, share. And then I just, I, I just, I do this thing where I go down rabbit holes on like Twitter. You know, I think I'm clicking on a tweet and then it brings me to a website. And then it says, you don't know where this celebrity disappeared to. And then I click that. And then the, instead of being like, oh, they went to Barbados for three years and now they're back in a movie. It's like, well, it all started 25 years ago when young Jimmy was cast in his first movie. Serious doubts. And then it just goes on and on. And, on. and then I'm like, I just so anytime in. something like that does like a, a website tries to do that to me, I just close out. I say, if you're not going to answer the question that you pose that got me interested, I'm not sticking around to find out. Sometimes I well, either way, this was funny. So first uh, first day horror story. Uh, and these are tweets, so they're they're short form, and uh, and that's good for us because I'm not that tall. I like short form. Uh, he brought his parents. He was 25. Uh, it's not bad enough. Halfway through the meal, his mom asked me if I was going to finish mine. Well, taking tin, <laughs> while taking tinfoil out of her bag to wrap up my food for her to take home. Uh, now you know somebody's got to go on this first date and bring. I now I imagine this might have been like a. I, I'm, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, like it was this cultural thing, like maybe they want their parents to meet, and they're very obviously sheltered. You think that? Where, where, where in somebody's mind is it all right to bring your parents on a first date? I read a story about a month ago about I think this was in China. A man asked a woman for a first date, and for some reason, like she brought not just her family. But like her extended family to the tune of like twenty something people, and that, like he had offered to pay for the first date, and she and brings like twenty something people. Wow! So they settled and, who was going to pay for the date before the date. I, I don't know, but whatever oh, the case God. is, he ended up like leaving her with the bill for like twenty three people. Like he paid for himself, and he might have paid for her, but he's, he's like, you're, you're going to be paying for these other twenty two people that you who the brought. Fuck are these people? Yeah. I don't I don't think I could stick on the day. I mean, I, the thing is, sometimes you like get into it and you're like, you know what? Uh, I want to see how this plays out. Like I'm 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 along for the ride just as just as much as anybody else. So I'll give I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But um, but also the doggy bagging the food on the first date, not the greatest of form. And also, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. If big, you, like if you're with the, if, if a it's a normal doggy. date and it's just you and her, not not you and her parents, too. No, no. Um, but I'm saying if 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 you doggy bag your food on the first date, is that a no, no? Somebody if you're watching live, let me know if uh, is it OK to doggy bag your food in the first date? I think that's a bit of a bit of a turn. I can Plus, tell you that I would think it wouldn't affect my opinion of the chick at all. Well, it might affect her opinion of you. Um, oh, good. I don't care. So, uh, but then also you got to carry the food around with you for the rest of the night. If you go somewhere, if it's a successful date, ideally you go somewhere after that. Shahira Raba says, uh, no, it's not bad. I, uh, 
And she said, I "Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if if I've that. got plans of going somewhere else after dinner with this chick, then yeah, I'll probably just leave the food. But my whole thing is like, I don't want to do a full dinner as a first date. I want to do like if we're gonna get it, get food, then I want it to be something light." Well, I like the idea you go out for like after work drinks or something like that. And then if it's going well, you know, you can suggest going to dinner after that or but the idea, the idea of the first date, depending on for the most part, my my thinking is the way it would be set up is you want something as as low stress as possible. So let's meet up and grab a drink and that's it. Like that's it's kind of like coffee, but for like adults, you know, who are real people. The first date coffee date to me sounds especially in the middle of the day sounds awfully awkward well for for people who don't drink or if it's in the middle of the day and you're doing it on like your work on your lunch break or something yeah all right let me hit you with the next one when a guy who i just started seeing was a funeral director he picked me up with a body in the back of the car and said we need to make a quick stop in my office that's great like i don't like i don't think that's a bad date at all that's hilarious (laughs) uh that's well you know i get a a friend in their family owns a a funeral home and his brother uh his brother nick now runs the funeral home and my thinking is like that might be something that you want to like get out of the way uh early on in the in the date and he did Uh, you know like in that relationship like are you okay with the fact we're going to be around dead people yeah, I, I think that he he dealt with that situation perfectly. He's like, "Hey, this is my job. This is this is what happens." Um, never mind. Like that's why the AC is running really low. <laughs> Got to keep it cool in here. Well, I mean, the thing is also one. I'm curious what vehicle he picked her up in. It's got to be a hearse, or in my friend's case, a minivan. They, you know. Oh, yeah, I mean, I guess yeah. If you've got like a Crown Vic and it's just wrapped up in a rug. <laughs> well, I mean. Yeah, I would not want somebody to, to, if I was a girl, to pick me up on a date uh, in a hearse. That would be that'd be a little weird for me. But uh, but minivan, I don't know. I, uh, I, I question anybody <coughs> who drives a minivan as like their daily driver who doesn't have like kids. Like, why are you driving a minivan as your as your car? Even when you do have kids, if they're like not morbidly obese. They can sit in a regular SUV. Um, Minivans are just more yeah. functional SUVs. Yeah, I know, but I, I don't know. I, I don't like the way minivans look. That's a, the issue with the minivans. It's That's why not- SUVs sell more than minivans. But like, <laughs> if you don't count aesthetics, then minivans are objectively better vehicles in every possible way. Um, all right, let me uh, let me hear you the next one. The waiter came over and looked confused. Turned to my date and asked, when did you stop being gay? We had a date last night. <laughs> That's uh, so a, a piece of advice to going on dates is you're taking somebody new out on a date or even somebody you've been seeing for a while. You got to you got to understand, like, the environment that you're bringing that person to. That's a c- categorically stupid thing to do. <laughs> like. Not only are you going to some place where people know you, but you're going to some place where you were presumably banging the staff. <laughs> well, maybe they didn't know that that person worked there, but how could you not? But look, in the world that we're that we're existing in right now, there's going to be a lot more cases of people who are fluidly sexual, and uh, you know, and that's uh, that's it's no surprise. But also, it's really bad form. To, like as a service worker, if you're working as a server or a bartender or whatever, so, if there's someone that you have hooked up with that you are no longer hooking up with, or even if you are hooking up with and they come in, like you need to play it cool unless it's clear that they came to see you. Like when I was also, bartending, there was a girl that I had had a brief relationship with, and then she would come in to the to the bar like afterwards when we weren't together with her her new dates with whoever she was with and i i didn't care like whatever like i have to be professional i didn't ever address her like i pretended like i didn't know her every single time interesting interesting 
Because uh, I'm not going to make it awkward for her. I'm not going to make it awkward for the people that she's there with. Yeah, well, that you'd be doing the biggest disservice to the people that she's there with because they're kind of unsuspecting. And I know the city that you're in, and there's lots of places to go to. She could have, she could have found a new place. Well, for I was working at a sushi restaurant, so in downtown Charleston, there's really only two. <laughs> well, I assume yours probably had the better bar. Rosh says, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Rosh said she was trying to make you jealous. Well, it didn't work because I didn't care. <laughs> All right, let me hit the next one here. On a first date, the guy asked me to smell his food because it thought it might. Be. <laughs> Sorry. Come on. I didn't, I didn't think that's where this was going because <clears throat> I'm, I'm reading it thinking that. I mean, Can you read it? Weird. Yeah. All right. On the first date, the guy asked me to smell his food because it, he thought it might be bad. And then he pushed my face in it. <laughs> One and done. <laughs> I mean, that's terrible. That's really terrible. And obviously one and done is the next line was one and done like that was yeah, but, uh, like, but that the, would be a, that would be actually a really funny trick to pull on someone who you've been dating for a while <laughs> maybe it was a birthday cake but. sure yeah but like on a first date that, that yeah you're not going to score any points that way like and i'm all about doing things that are funny and not caring about the other person's reaction but that's one where you're just like what do you expect's going to happen I mean, <laughs> I just picture like a hamburger and fries type situation. That's I was like thinking about the... like pasta. <laughs> pasta is a better better platform for that for that joke, but it's just a bad joke, and nobody. No, it's a great joke, it, but you can't do it for someone who you just met. Well, that's the issue with first dates: is you're you're treading you're treading you're treading new territory. You know, like you're you're treading in new in new waters that you you don't know. And uh, out, you wouldn't push a stranger's face in food. And, and this, and this is a person stranger. is a stranger. This is a stranger. Or even if you knew them before, you were, you're now like uh, unveiling this kind of new personal side of somebody. And you still ought to tread a bit lightly, you know? I, yeah. Cool. And also, like, it, when it comes to females, like, chances are they're wearing makeup. So, like, if you push their face into the food, even if it's funny, now, like, their look is ruined for the rest of the night. Yeah. Yep, that's true. They're going to have a uh, foundation on from the from the washed area up, I guess. I don't know. Uh, a lot of foundation out there. Yeah, she, right. she, she hear Abba thinks it's funny. So, if you're ever on a date with Shihir Abba, here's your tip. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I actually couldn't get through reading it when i realized kind of the, the twist on it i was like oh he asked you to smell this food he, okay oh all right and uh all right here we go as we were saying as we were saying goodbye she thanked me for taking her to the movies and i said something like yeah i didn't have anything else to do and followed by next month will be our third wedding wedding anniversary well, i'm confused so as we were saying our goodbyes, she thanked me for taking her to the movies. Mm -hmm. I said, yeah, well, I didn't have anything else to do. Yeah, that's poor form. But <laughs> what, what's the next? Oh, oh, and, that, and then they ended up getting married. Yeah. Oh, so either he didn't have he didn't have uh, anything else to do, as in, like, that's why he went on a date with her or he didn't have anything else to do, as in he couldn't be more creative than going to the movies. But I, listen, listen, folks. Movies are a bad first date choice. <laughs> if your idea of, of a first date is sitting silently next to somebody who you don't know and probably should be getting to know better, then then take take people to the movies. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it's it's a really bad idea because you don't get to interact with the person. Exactly. All right. Let me let me hit the next one. I was out on a date with a guy who said he had no money. I pre-screen these, so it's clicking for me, and that's why I can't get through these. Um, was that in a date with a guy who asked me for money? He said he had no money. He borrowed ten bucks to buy me a drink at the convenience store. Came back over, came back with a scratch-off ticket and won sixty dollars. And he took me home since I wouldn't go to the strip club with his winnings. 
<laughs> so the first part of that's kind of funny. He asked. Yeah, I mean, I, when I when I read it, the, the initial time I read it, he said, hey, can I borrow 10 bucks? He used a dollar or so to buy a, a lotto ticket and uh, he won 60 bucks. I'm thinking like, damn, this is this is going somewhere. So, like, the, I don't know, like, that's one of those ones where if you actually had money, what you could do is like ask to borrow their money, go in and like buy a lotto ticket and regardless of whether it wins or not come out with more money and be like all right we're going out and having some fun now like you could tur- you could spin that into a fun date idea but well, then to say good. like let's go to a strip club that's as bad or worse than going to a movie well it sounds like this guy just really wanted to see some ass <laughs> at least see it so well, sure whether like, he was getting it through the date or not his goal was was and now and it it wasn't going to happen without having any money so now that he had some money he was just kind of making sure this is a sure thing yeah, I guess he, <laughs> he had already hedged his bets like you know if it was just the 10 bucks and he, he bought the two dollar lotto ticket and lost he had eight bucks and he could he could buy her uh buy her a drink but uh, yeah because he knew that the 10 bucks wasn't going to go very far at the strip club well or on the date <laughs> but, um yeah right, let me hit the, the next one here uh, spilled soda in my crotch while pulling into her driveway. My first words when she answered the door, it's not pee. I mean, I mean you know what? You can, again, if you have confidence, you can play that one off. It's, it's all, like, if I were like about to pick up a girl for a first date or whatever, I did something like that. Be like, I was really nervous. <laughs> just see if she gets it. If she doesn't think that's funny, then oh, like then, then I already know what I like that this date's not going to work. First dates are stressful though, and you know, and if you're not stressed, then then you're probably a douche. And so you know, there's got to be that that certain stress element. There's got you know, otherwise it's kind of built it up a little bit, build it up a little bit. But uh, I, I, I don't know. I just think that like you need. Uh, I don't think that you need to make a first date stressful. You should go into it like looking to have fun. There should be a certain amount of stress because there are a number of variables that you do not already know anything about. And the variables are going to present themselves over the course of the next couple hours. You have to identify them and make, make the best decision based on, on whatever that variable is that's thrown at you. You're learning about somebody new. It's a, it's a two way interview, right? Like job interviews, you shouldn't be that stressful, but, you should be a little stressed going into it. Job interviews way more stressful than like a first date. I uh, I would think a first date would be way more stressful than a job interview. No, because the like if I'm on a job interview, it's because I need a job. If I don't <laughs> get the job, there's problems. If I'm on a first date, like this is a sex interview. If I don't get <laughs> sex, it's okay. <laughs> Um, like I, people, I can't pay my bills in sex. Not, like Chase not, Bank doesn't really look at look at things that way. Not so, everybody look. Not everybody looks at first. Not, not everybody looks at a first date as a sex interview. Tell me I'm wrong. Well, I think uh, there's more to dating and relationships than simply sex. So right, but initially, that's what it is. <laughs> Oh man, like, I gotta, I there's more to that. careers than, than money, but what are you going to be talking about in the interview? The salary. Oh boy. Like, once once you figure out you, whether or not you're qualified for the job, next topic, salary. And then you can talk about career advancement and everything else. Um Elizabeth says you're wrong, James. But she's also <laughs> laughing. So, um Oh, Elizabeth, I, if you want to go out on a date sometime, <laughs> swing on down to sunny South Carolina. All right, next one. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy you a scratch off. <laughs> oh, this was this is a good one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that's funny. Try to be an independent woman by walking quickly ahead of him and getting to the car parked out in front before he could open the door for me. He knocked on the window and yelled, "This isn't my car." So she she was she was not allowing him to open the door for her, which is. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you anyways? Well, then she, she got in the wrong car. Well, there, I've always thought that the idea of, like, opening a car door for a woman is a really dumb thing to do. 
Really? Why? Do you do you open the door for people when you walk into a, a business? So if I'm walking if, into my house or like anywhere and I'm with somebody, like I might open the door for them and let them go in before me, or like I'll at least hold the door for them after I walk in, whatever the case is. But like, but they're, I don't, but they're fully, but, ca- but they, listen to me, but they're fully capable of doing that themselves. So right, but me, we're both me, going in the same door. But let me, let me up it. But they're fully capable of doing it on their own. Just like when you're leaving, you hold the door for the person next to you who is fully capable of doing it. The issue is, and if you're looking at me, I'm wearing a tie. I don't need to be wearing a tie. There's zero utility in wearing a tie. The utility might be what for the, the looks of wearing a tie. It's very, very little. When you open the door for somebody else, it's antiquated. They can open their own door. It's you going out of your way to show them that you're willing to go out of your way for them. Are they capable of opening their own door? Yes. There's a difference between if you're going through the same door in a building, then it's like I'm being polite and saving you the inconvenience of having to open the door yourself. But like if we're getting into a car, I'm going in through a different door than you are. So I have to go around the car, open your door, and then walk awkwardly back around the car, presuming I'm driving. Like that just doesn't make any sense to me. Like if I'm dating a chick that's in a wheelchair and has trouble getting into a car, sure, I'll open the door for her. You're also going to need to put a wheelchair in the trunk, James. I'll do that, too. I'm, not, <laughs> so I'm look, just that kind of a guy. Either uh, that or I'll just like hire, hook up some toe straps and say, this is going to be a really fun ride. So, <laughs> um, so look, a piece of advice here for all men that are listening. You don't have to open the door for women. And uh, if you want to open door for women and they don't like it, then that's probably not the right woman for you. If you don't want to open the door for women, you know, then... Uh, on average, uh, most women are going to prefer that you had opened the door for them, but by a, by a slight majority. Uh, for the same reason I'm wearing a tie, it's antiquated. It's nice to do. Now, I have a rule. I try to park with the passenger door facing wherever we'll be returning to the car, allowing me to open the door for whoever's riding the passenger seat. However, if we approach the car from generally like the back of the car and we're both going to our separate sides of the car i usually won't and if we're approaching the car from the driver's side it's a bit extra to run around the car and then open the door unless of course you're in a relationship with somebody who you know appreciates that then you ought to do it but as a general rule you only do it when you're approaching the car from the passenger side as to not seem extra but yes everybody's capable of opening their own car door It's an antiquated thing. We do a lot of stuff in modern day society that's antiquated. It's you showing that you're willing to go out of your way and not just willing, but you do go out of your way for somebody else. And you're reading the comments, MJ. James, come on. Us women love that. Yeah. That's fun. I'm not doing it. Like, I'll open the door for you. If we're going into a restaurant, we're going into wherever, whatever building we're going into, I'll happily get the door for you because we're going through the same door. Because buildings are heavier than cars. I feel you. All right. Uh, All right. Next one. Oh, this is a bad one. Stubbed my toe walking into a bar to meet, meet him and had to leave once I realized my shoe had filled with blood. This one's not very funny. After I couldn't get the bleeding to stop, I spent eight hours in the ER for a broken toe that needed 10 stitches. Damn, man. That's not his fault. No, it's not. It's not even funny. That's just a sad story about somebody who, who stubbed their toe really fucking hard. 10 stitches in your foot? It was like a compound fracture compound of a toe. Fracture. Yeah, e- either that or a slight, like a hard slice. And But she said broken toe. So I imagine that's a. That's a All I can think of is that this guy was so extraordinarily handsome that when she got to the bar, she was in such a rush to meet him that she was sprinting in and caught her foot. I mean, she must have been moving fast, right? But but also, like, she stuck with it for... It sounds like she stuck with it for a little while and her shoe filled with blood. So, like, she, she, she wanted to be on a date. She was ignoring the pain. And then I feel bad for the guy who was like, well, you just stubbed your toe. Like, it's fine. And then he's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I can see that, like, again, that's one where it's an opportunity for the guy to manage the situation. Be like, look, like, you've got something going on here. Like, we shouldn't be out on a date. You should be getting whatever you just did to yourself taken care of. 
Shahira Raba says it was a sign. All right, let me hit this next one. Yeah. I want to get to these these uh, these questions actually. Yeah, Elizabeth uh, says James, you're not a romantic guy. I can't date you. I'm like, yeah, guilty as charged. I'm one of the least romantic people you'll ever meet. But that's you don't have to you don't have to be like romantic deep inside of you. You just you learn a, a couple of tricks. People like it. You light some candles. You open the door for people for women. And then, and then you're if you can do those two things, you can light some some of those little tea teacup candles, whatever they're called, tea lights or something. You light a couple of those. I always thought that if you were like if you light candles for a chick or something, that's super presumptuous. Yes, it probably is, but it's the little things like that, especially if you're already dating. Like that's it's a good move. It's one thing if you've already if you're already dating. If like it's the first time a, a girl's coming over to your place and you light candles, like that's presumptuous. Well, if your house you think too highly of yourself, if your house smells bad. Um, well, if you, I mean, if you, yeah, if the, in which case you should have just left the candles like going before you, before you even like went on the date. All right, so here, here I, I'm run through the, the next couple pretty quick. I met a girl a little younger than me. She told me I had to meet her at her grandmother's house for the date. I got there and the girl wasn't there. She had set me up with her grandmother. Well, how was the grandmother? <laughs> Probably a little old for this guy who was obviously interested in somebody. A little bit young for him. All right, next one. I met this guy in line. We met at a Starbucks. He was 10 minutes late, awkwardly paid for my coffee, and I had to coax him into conversation. This That seems relatively not spectacular. And, and yeah, that's and, mild. It's just like then, an awkward and, dude. And, okay, it, awkward because here's the next line. We talked about science and religion and humanity, and he said, I wasn't expecting you to be intelligent. So, yes, again, it's all about the delivery. Like well, it's, you it's, can it's, you can pull that line off. <laughs> it's all about the delivery. Exactly. Just like the awkwardly paying for the coffee. So my guess is this guy's a little on the spectrum, a little off. My guess is she like ordered the coffee already or something. And they, they try to get it like refunded to her card again. But like <laughs> so like. Like, I wasn't expecting you to be intelligent. You just changed the language in the delivery a little bit, and now you're hilarious. Or or you've uh, complimented the other person, but this was not a compliment. All right, next one. He put his phone down on the table, and it was covered in tape. When I asked why his phone was covered in tape, he said, because the government is always listening. I'm going to leave that one. I once drove up to a date, 10 of her... <laughs> uh, uh, I've had something like, not exactly, but something similar to this. I once showed up on a date. Ten of her friends were there with her, and they had no idea I was coming. She was blackout wasted and introduced me as Tom. This didn't happen to me this part. <laughs> introduced me as Tom. When I corrected her, she said, oh, yeah, Tom is tomorrow night. <laughs> I blame this on, like, the the uh, Bumble and Tinder type culture that we have, like, yeah, I knew a girl. I, I was dating a girl earlier this year, and she talked about one of her friends from back home that had like a rotation of like three or four different guys that she would see on like a weekly basis of like, depending on like what kind of dinner she wanted. Mm. All right. <laughs> I'm not going to share any more stories. Uh, I went out with my now wife of 20 years on our first date. I went to kiss her goodnight and elbowed her right in the face. <laughs> she still took my calls after that. <laughs> yeah, so uh, what would happen was I, I went in for a kiss and I spilled the extra large coffee all across her lap. and uh, But it was still all right. I styled it out with a hug. Never mind that extra large coffee. I know. Never mind that that extra large coffee was like 90% syrup. Ten percent coffee. That was well. That so I went out with my now wife of twenty years on a first date. Went to kiss her goodnight, elbowed her in the face. She stood to my. That's bad. But I know of uh, a friend with a similar story. And, well, uh, we we need to give a little bit more background there. No, we can we're do not, this without not, names. No, we're not. It's not. It's it's too personal. So just just. I just the, remember went in for the kiss, dumped a half gallon of coffee on their lap, styled it out with a hug. And I'm like, nah, bro, that you didn't style it out. That was just, that was the, did you clean the coffee first? No, it was just there in a puddle. 
I, that was one where when that whole saga began, I said, this is not going to end well. Cut your losses. All right. I don't want to get into it. Um, neither one of us. Just just let the record hold that. Um, Rosh has a good uh, point. A good movie. Good scene. Uh, first, worst first date. He picked me up to go see a movie. I picked the movie. We found out it was rated R. He freaked. And he told me he had to call his mom to get her permission to watch it. He did. She said no. The date ended. We were both 21. <laughs> yeah. Because that, that... wrong with people. That's that's like like a Mormon thing or something. I don't know. Yeah. All right. So I want to get into some of these questions. We're, we're, we, I took I'm talking about the goddamn radiators. Oh, I think we took a little too long. Um, so. Um, my crush. So these are some questions. So I, I've been getting into answering Quora questions and I've been coming across a lot of the same questions. I think people kind of republish questions or something and they, they request my answers for these questions. Um, so these are a few that I've seen and I, I thought I'd share them. We can discuss. Um, <laughs> uh, Rush. <laughs> it wasn't Rush. Um, my crush said he wants to be friends for the time being. I told him I'm I'm going to stop forcing things so it can come naturally. And he said, now you're learning. Will he like me if I stop forcing it? What else can I do? I really like him. I'm confused by the now you're learning comment. So she was into this guy and uh, he said he only wanted to be friends. And she said she's going to back off and, and, and just let it happen naturally. And he said, now you're learning. So what it is, is he's not into her. At all. Now he he enjoys having a fan, but she's a bit much. So she backed off, and he's like, "All right, this is good. Like you you cooled off. Now you're learning. That's all." Now he likes having the fan, which is why he's not telling her to fuck off. But what she really needs to do is just back the fuck away, work on becoming her best self, and uh, and. Uh, just grow up and, and step away from this guy. And if this guy, you know, then gets jealous of her, you know, maybe uh, he's now attracted to her and, and that's great, but it sounds like he, she's obsessing a little bit and, uh, and he's not into her. And the fact that she's obsessing so much implies to me that she could probably spend some time investing in herself. If you're obsessing over anybody, you, uh, you got to look kind of internal and and work on yourself nobody with great self-confidence should be obsessing over anybody else you in this world you got lots of options so problem is when you look inwards you're not gonna like what you see which is why i said you gotta you gotta work on yourself that's what i meant look inwards to see what work can be done yeah i know and i stand by my comment yeah well so so you gotta work on yourself and and if it's if it's something that's that's gonna go anywhere you know he'll be then interested in you and and something can can grow from there but but it sounds like this guy he's not a dick right because he's not saying fuck off but he also he's kind of leading you on and and he's trying not to do so in his own uh what's the word i don't think he's for? leading her on well he's saying now you're learning right like i'm not into you and she said i'm not going to force it anymore i'm just i'll back off and and let it develop naturally and he's saying now you're learning rather he should just say look i told you i'm not i'm not into you like you get i think he already said that it doesn't it doesn't if he says now you're learning, that implies that like there was a lesson that she missed. Well, it sounds like it was a condescending statement, but it wasn't interpreted condescendingly. So, well, right, because she's not going to interpret anything condescendingly because she's still smitten. Exactly. All right. My girlfriend left me because I'm fat. Is it my fault that she left me? So, yes. So, this is uh, uh, one. My question is, were you fat when you met? And then two, is it your fault? Well, one, it depends on if you gained weight during that relationship. I had a friend who was dating somebody who gained like double her mass during the relationship and became very self-destructive. And I said to my friend, I'm like, and I, I wasn't even talking about the weight gain. I, I said, look, man, I'm noticing she's been really self-destructive. And I, you know, I sit around and watch her drag you down and, and, pick on you and you know she's uh and i use the weight gain as an example but not as the primary right 
I said, you know, she's, she's obviously going through something and, and she needs help on this, but, um, you got to figure this out. Like you're, you're not in a healthy relationship. And I mean, I, I one time sat across the table, uh, from them at, a, you know, at a three-way date basically. And they just argued the entire time. And, and afterwards, I, I mean, I even stepped in, I was like, all right, guys, let's change the subject. Uh, um, but afterwards I told my friend, I'm like, dude, like, we, what is your life like? Like you go home to this every day. He's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, I mean, why exactly? So, you know, I didn't, you know, I'm not going to say, say like she ended up breaking up with him several times, but, <laughs> um, uh, you know, but I wasn't going to just say, Hey, break up with her because she's gained weight. But yes, the weight was a correlatory, you know, correlated to the, to, to the breakup, but it wasn't the cause, you know, it was correlation, not causation. So I don't know the specifics of this guy, but well, I, I think it's really it's you keep it as simple as are you the same size as when you first started dating? In which case, no, it's not your fault. Something else happened. But if you're a different size than when you started dating, then yes, it's your fault. Well, yes, a portion of it. We don't know the intricacies of the relationship, but it's likely that that's the case. He um, says, I'm assuming that the reason why she broke up is because he got fat. That's that's what I'm thinking, too. Uh, I mean, yeah, we have to keep it as simple as possible. Otherwise, you can just say, like, you, you're going to write a, a dissertation on all the reasons why people break up. You have to address the question purely in a vacuum. Um, MJ agrees. It's his fault. I mean, if you're changing throughout the relationship, you're, you know, and everybody's changing, but if something important like that changes and it's drastically, like, you know, more than 15%. That's more than 10%. I mean, everybody's got their own, you know, elasticity to, to what they're okay with, but chances are, you know, that might be his fault. And he's probably going to some, all right. But if you're gaining weight in a relationship, you need to some liposuction. We know somebody. We do know. Yeah, there you go. Um, Is religion necessary to motivate people to behave morally? No. I also don't think so either. I think it's been, one of the biggest forces that we've had to guide people historically. Yes. But I don't, you know, uh, I don't think religion is, is the best way, nor do I think that the legal system is the best way either. No. Um, do you have Both any- of them serve as guides, but they aren't necessary. You can, you can behave morally simply by considering the consequences of your actions. Okay, so I got another one for you that's a bit related here. Let's see. Are all humans embedded with a universally shared sense of right and wrong without anyone ever telling them? No. If, if so, what's the best explanation of this? Actually, maybe, because they've done studies well, where... The, the next question was, what case studies or resources are available to demonstrate this? I would have to do some research to find it. The one that pops into my mind is... Um, they did a study, I think it was with toddlers, so probably like between two and four years old. And they showed them a situation where like somebody took something from somebody else. So like not stealing, like they go into a store and steal it, but like like maybe they show a video of like two kids playing and one of the kids takes something from the other one and doesn't give it back or something. And then like they show like another video and like try and gauge the kids reactions based on like they saw let's say kid one and kid two in the video Mm -hmm. and kid one steals from kid two and then like they show another video where kid one is doing something and they gauge the uh the toddler's reactions and so this is kind of at an age before you can really have like any imbued sense of morality or anything you're too young for that but they were able to find that like that the kids would react negatively to kid one that stole versus like a video of kid two by themselves who is the victim of stealing which is inter- which is actually the same study actually a very similarly structured study showed that dogs actually have similar capabilities interesting though because if you think about it like would you want to be led by the taker right so if 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 somebody steals something from somebody else would you want to be on the team of the taker or of the loser? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably not getting the study exactly right, but it, it was a study that showed that like 
toddlers could have like a, a a sense of right and wrong and like seeing and, and treating people differently based on whether they perceive them as like acting nicely to be to people or acting mean to people. Um, that, if you can find that study, uh, you know, once we're off, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, so there is that, evidence that there is some kind of innate moral compass and the, the evolutionary biologist in me would like to say that that's evolved because pro-social behavior is more likely to get passed on than antisocial behavior. Because if you're antisocial, less people are going to want to be around you and you're less likely to pass on your genes to like the next generation. Whereas pro-social, more people want to be around you, higher chances of mating. So there, there's an arguable evolutionary benefit to moral behavior and pro-social behavior. Mm. Evolutionary biologist. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to record that. All right. Philosopher, accountant referee bartender evolutionary biologist sorry <laughs> sorry i just wanted to add that it's a, it's a mouthful there but uh did you ever take any classes on evolutionary biology no um it's it's a field that isn't like it's not like you could go to college and necessarily find a class in evolutionary biology it's more like uh a theory that kind of branches across a number of different disciplines. So in biology for sure, but you also see it in like psychology and sociology. Um, maybe a little bit in economics actually. Well, that's a good, I mean, that's a, it's a, it's a positive thing for us as a society. Um, but I'm curious more about it. I, I want to look up. Uh, it has its that. good and it's bad. There are some people that use evolutionary biology to, try and justify or rationalize some shitty behaviors. So it's not, it's not a pure science. No surprise. All right. Let me, I got, I got three more here. Let me hit the next. Um, all right. This one was for you. What is the most ordered drink at your bar? At my bar, it was probably, um, I mean, besides just like various highballs, um, it was which a the, highball is like a what like a Jack and Coke or a, a ginger and a seven and seven or something like that. So any liquor plus any one liquor and any one mixer is a highball. So like vodka soda, gin and tonic, Jack and Coke, gin and ginger. Yeah, the, the, the combinations yeah, are practically yeah. infinite, but. Besides highballs, because they're quick and easy to order, quick and easy to make, um, we made Which, a lot of like Moscow mules. Uh, yeah, that seems like it would go with the Moscow mules and margaritas. Yeah, we're probably the two biggest. Moscow mules got the ginger, and you, ginger comes with the sushi. So I, I get that. Yeah, we did a, a lot of different variations on them. We're really, I mean, the, the only thing that we were changing out was the base liquor. But we do like a Mexican mule with tequila, or we do like a Southern mule with a uh, Firefly iced tea vodka. Mm. It was a very sweet drink. I have no doubt on that. Yeah. Um, all right, I got two more here. What should I do if I'm in love with a man who doesn't? who doesn't who loves me but doesn't want a commitment okay what do I, what should i do if i'm in love with someone who loves me but doesn't want commitment so what do you you get a quick answer on that no there's no quick answer to that all right well here, here's my answer is he doesn't love you the way you love him and that's a bad recipe so it's a major imbalance and it sounds like he's just not that into you so uh kind of leave and uh you know and, and and you're likely going to get some push from the other person showing that uh that they do like you a little bit that's usually how that how that stuff works but i think uh i think there's a good chance that person isn't as in love with you as they're leading you on to believe or you're leading yourself on to believe so you need to exit that relationship and either you're going to exit that relationship, they're not going to come after you because they weren't that into you, or you're going to exit the relationship and they're going to realize that they really all along did like you, but took you for granted. And 
fight a little harder for you and demonstrate that they do like you. And either that's going to be short-lived and then you need to exit the relationship again for good or, uh, or that person's not going to take you for granted anymore. A lot hinges on the definition of the word commitment in this, in this context. Well, that can uh, mean a lot of different things in different situations. So fidelity and future fidelity, I think it's, you know, that that's one potential definition. Other people look at commitment as we're going to get married under a given timeline, be it six months, a year, two years, whatever, like commitment could be, I want to get married to this person and I want it to happen by this time. Commitment could also be, I want to have a family with this person. So, okay, so I, so you, you bring up many good points. I read commitment as an exclusive long-term relationship. That's, so that's, that's how I read it. But you, I'm looking at it as it could mean that like, that's kind of the base. That's like the lowest level that you can have of like commitment is I'm not going to bang anybody else, but it can also mean I want to be with you for the rest of my life. I want to marry you. I want to have kids. I want to have a family. It could mean any of those things. I don't know. And that's why I say there's no easy or quick answer to this one because I don't know what I'm supposed to be answering for. That's that's what I, I'm finding with a lot of these. This question came this afternoon. I didn't get a chance to ask a, a follow-up question for more information, but that's usually that, you know, that you're not getting much information, but but my advice still stands is, is you need to back up. You need to need to start exiting that relationship. I, I still think it, we need to define our terms because if you're in a relationship where they're, they're happy being in a relationship with you and they're not hooking up with anybody else or whatever, and it's because you want marriage and he doesn't right now, or you want kids and he doesn't, then, well, then, then the I answer think, but, isn't quite as simple as he doesn't like you as much as you like him. Sure. It's more of an incongruity of goals, and that's a conversation you can have. Yes, and a relationship should have congruent goals. And, but it won't and, always, and some and, of those can be worked through and some can't. And that's going, yes, some of them can be worked through, and oftentimes the ones that can't grow less and less congruent, for lack of a better phrase. Well, right, yeah. If, if there's major issues that can't be worked through, then you end the relationship. But I don't know enough based on this question to assess yeah fair enough all right here's the last one similar i feel like i don't feel loved by my boyfriend <laughs> i feel he is not truly interested in me but just doesn't want to be alone how can you tell someone truly loves you or just finds it convenient to be with you i don't know be more interesting uh yeah possibly but also <laughs> i think that's, uh, a, that's a bad answer no it is a bad answer but I think I would give a similar advice to the, the person who asked the last question. And that is you got to back away. And if that person wants to, it's a, it's not, a, not that, that can't, that's not what you lead with. What you lead with is you start the conversation. You say, Hey, this is how I'm feeling right now. I'm feeling like I'm more interested in you than you are interested in me. And it could be that they aren't aware of their, of their, of how their behavior is affecting you. And by bringing it up, you give them a chance to address it. You can't okay. just say like, hey, look, if you don't fix this, I'm leaving. Because like you could be blindsided somebody oh, who no, didn't fair. even know they were doing something wrong. Okay. You need yeah, to give them a chance point. to say, hey, here's the problem. I would like to see some kind of effort or like working towards a solution. And then see yeah, what you're, they do. You're, 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 uh, when I first read this question, what my mind thought was, yeah, it, there needs to be a conversation. This needs to be addressed. And a lot of people love the hell out of their partner but just aren't able to demonstrate it at all or they don't demonstrate it in a way that their partner interprets and there's a book and that, both of those are solvable problems exactly but there's a book called five languages of love and some and people express love in different ways like for i example, choose spanish <laughs> some people uh some people, you know, give love by giving you things because that's how they like to be shown love. It's like time, physical touch, words, words, of gifts, affirmation. and then yeah. I don't remember the last one. But yeah, but gen but generally, and I, I think that's you know, I, I didn't read the book, but I'm familiar, you know, familiar with the book, and it's it's you don't uh, need to read the book if if, if they tell you the yeah, five things, you're like, all yeah, right, cool, done. Yeah, I got it exactly. <laughs> that's why I haven't read the book. Uh, but yeah, I mean, generally, generally speaking. Um, 
All right. So it looks like uh, we're running out of time. We've got to wrap this episode. But I, I kind of like this format of, of uh, answering some of these, these questions that are coming my way um, on the Quora platform. That's pretty cool. Uh, but I want to thank you guys for joining us on the podcast. James, thank you for being here. Rosh, thank you, uh, as always, for manning the comments. If you guys are watching live on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook, Rosh is feeding us your comments so we can keep up with what's going on. Thank you to Rush for that. Uh, James, see you next time. Uh, yeah. J- James and Rush, hang on, hang on the line for a minute. Okay. I'm out of here. Adios, everybody. All right. This is The Other End. Thank you for joining us. If you have not already, interact with this podcast. Somehow like, comment, subscribe, share the podcast. Anything you do, we appreciate. And I really do mean that. Thank you, guys. Thank you if you made it this far. Adios. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.